what's working the best right now, it's always the same stuff, just a different day, right? And the, the what's working is relevant ads, you know? Um, and relevance is a, is a continually changing beast where, you know, you might have relevance today for a specific type of ad. And then, you know, tomorrow you're gonna have to completely change everything that you did in the way in which you present yourself because the psyche of the consumer is changing. So for us, what's working right now is remembering to have a lot of fun with the clients, right? Meaning the, the end customers, right? And to make sure that we're having a nice diversity of ads so that we don't hit a lot of saturation. Because as you know, at these spend levels, you know, nobody has a limitless audience unless they're global. On this episode of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, we have Mike Hill, president of the Media Management Association, an expert in copywriting, media buying, and conversions. In this episode, Mike dives into creating winning creatives that you can scale up to $15,000 a day how to get different credit line increases to ramp up your ad spend, and how to stay consistent and relevant with your brand messaging to impact ads. This is gonna be a great one, folks, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But before we begin, if you are an agency owner or media buyer, head over to funnel-.com to find out how their tools can help you scale your ads. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Zach Johnson and Dylan Carpenter. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ed, Poor Ed podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with Mr. Dylan Carpenter. Dylan, you excited to talk to an OG today? Man, when it comes to data, it seems like he knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and buckle up and get the pen and paper out, man. Yeah, man. Today's today's guest. I, we're very fortunate to have guy. He does not do uh, any speaking podcasts. Uh, you know, he really he's a really difficult uh, guy to get a hold of. He's a bit of a hermit, if I may say so myself. But the guy's got over two decades of experience in the world of media buying and has uh, really ran some massive, massive campaigns. Uh, Mike Hill, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I appreciate being here with you guys. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Hopefully I can uh, help you or help someone who's listening on the line to have a better ad experience. <laughs> have a better ad experience. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's uh, what's what's new with my kill, man? I, it, it's like uh, we don't have to go through all 20 years of, of, of background. Hopefully the folks listening to the show, they're pretty sophisticated, either affiliates or advertisers or agencies, but Give us a, like a little bit of update on what's new with you this year and what you got going on. Sure. Uh, we have, uh, you know, I've been running my agency for over 20 years now. And um, this year we decided that we wanted to kind of uh, trim things back. So we eliminated almost all of our client load and just now focus on uh, just two clients. And uh, our media spend is currently anywhere between a million and a half and two million a month. And uh, we're uh, very, very excited about the future and testing, um, you know, a lot of really next generation uh, ad types and seeing how we can kind of, uh, you know, evolve our own ad experience for our advertiser and for their customers as much as possible. So um, really, we're focused on, you know, just playing this year, you know, 
really having That's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, this is the year where pretty much all the rules s s kind of go out the window. Uh, yeah. But you have to really lean on the fundamentals, um, uh, which you guys have nailed down pat. But that's awesome. 20 million, 25 million a year in spend. That's uh, across two clients. I mean, that's that's no joke, man. Uh, so congrats on that. Thanks, but uh, let's get into it, man. What's what's a rich ad? What's what's working for you guys right now? Um. Boy, uh, for us, what's working the best right now is, you know, it, it, it's horrible to say, but it's always the same. It's it's always the same stuff, just a different day. Right. And the, the what's working is relevant ads, you know, um, and relevance is a, is a continually changing beast where, you know, you might have relevance today for a specific type of ad. And then, you know, tomorrow you're going to have to completely change everything that you did in the way in which you present yourself because the psyche of the consumer is changing. So for us, what's working right now is remembering to have a lot of fun with the clients, right? Meaning the, the end customers, right? And to make sure that we're having a nice diversity of ads so that we don't hit a lot of saturation. Because as you know, at these spend levels, you know, nobody has a limitless audience unless they're global. We're not, we're, you know, we're, we're focused only on the United States. So, you know, we have a 330 million person audience potentially. That's, that's the max. And at our spend level, you're going to start hitting a lot of those people very frequently. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Time. A hundred percent. I mean, I was, uh, I felt like I was much more relevant in my, uh, young 20 something year old Zach. And now I'm just not relevant as a 30 year old. So, you know, I, that's how <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I literally, oh, I, my team, I just, we got to hire some 20 year olds who are, you know, smoking <laughs> pot and just let them sit and write out ads. I'm like, look, cause I don't, I, I, I can do it, but man, I am so we, I am so deprecated on creativity compared to the kids today where they just come up with this craziest stuff. My, my, my daughter's boyfriend melted a, 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 a turkey that was shaped, a butter shaped, or excuse me, a turkey shaped piece of butter. And it got, you know, like, I don't know, half a million or a million views on TikTok. And I'm like, you just melted a thing of butter. I don't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, there's something to be said. There's something, you know? We're getting more and more irrelevant every day, just completely irrelevant. <laughs> oh, and if you really want to knock it out of the park these days with all these college students and memes, you can get some cheap, you know, outsourced labor to kind of really, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks a month to just come up with relevant memes depending on what's going on. Because, yeah, you, you're spot on. These younger kiddos, they definitely know what's trending and whatnot. So, I mean, hey, if you can incorporate some memes to make it relevant, they're not going to last forever. But, hey, it could be a good way to really cater to your audience and, you know, relate with them even more. 100%. 100%. I mean, even even uh, TikTok has that whole uh, that whole contributor model now. And there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do. You know, they, they've, they have actually tapped into it. You know, Facebook could take a a cue from from TikTok on letting contributors contribute instead of having it be you know just a bunch of people in the Facebook headquarters who think they got it down but you know really maybe not as much as the TikTok contributors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so what's like what's the playbook here for you guys, Mike, in terms of keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to fresh creative and and how do you how are you doing this for uh, for these few clients you're working with? Um, that's a really great question. I mean, and I think that the the answer was already kind of mentioned. I think that the 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 playbook really consists of constant diversifying creative that has relevance to the current mindset or the 
uh, of the audience always, right? So as an example, you know, it could be holiday-based creative, right? Or or it could be creative yeah. that leverages a more recent meme that, as, as Dylan said, you know, a meme that's actually gone popular and, and playing with that. It's leveraging TikTok trends. It's understanding the need for the consumer. The consumer creates an emotional bond with the advertiser when there is an emotional resonance. And, there's an, and it's difficult to get a true bonded emotional resonance with emotion um, for the sake of trying to drive a, a, a love emotion, it's much easier mm. to get that emotional resonance when you're having funny ads. So I, I believe we're going to start seeing a, the next wave of advertising in 2021 for, for Facebook advertisers that will last are going to be ads that make you just laugh your ass off. If the ad doesn't make you laugh your ass off and there's no affinity for that advertiser because they want to look forward to your ads, you're going to continue to see what we are experiencing and others are experiencing who are in the DM marketplace, just continual ad fatigue and, and very quick ad atrophy. Mm. Now, speaking of ad fatigue, now with what kind of budgets y'all have cranking out there when it comes to, you know, I'm sure you have, you know, two or three winning ads that can, you know, really take up majority of the budget. So with those kind of winning ads, how much y'all back behind it? Or is it really, Hey, we may have 20 ads that all may spend the same, or, Hey, we have three out of these 20 that just really take up, you know, 60 or 70% of the budget there. That's a really great question. Traditionally speaking, the algorithm it uh, makes uh, a lot of those determinations, and obviously we assist it, you know, by uh, inflating budgets and, and turning off poor performing ads. But in general, traditionally, at around you know forty to sixty, seventy thousand a day, um, you're going to have the bulk of that inventory going to about five, you know, five to seven ads at most, you know, and you can you know, we found you can really stretch an ad up into that $10,000 per day range, 15,000 is like the cap, and then it starts to really see a point of diminishing returns. So generally speaking, anywhere from four to eight ads is what we have found is kind of our, our sweet spot. And the algorithm likes to reward that as well. But then they have a, a finite shelf life, of course. Oh, for sure. Everything dies at some point. <laughs> now <laughs> with... Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I imagine y'all test a ton of creatives. Do y'all do weekly creative tests, daily creative tests? Because I mean, with what you're spending, I mean, you definitely, I imagine, are testing a ton of new angles for the most part. Yeah, we have creative testing being done on a constant basis. You know, I mean, the the most difficult part, of course, for any uh, brand conscious advertiser is making sure that you're staying within brand guidelines, but also not creating ad blindness, which happens very, very frequently. You know, how much are you actually deviating on the creative? I mean, when we were spending. $15,000 a day, that was, it was one story, you know, but at $50,000 a day, it's a totally different story. I mean, you cannot, you know, you, you have to have a great diversity of ads that don't look anything like the previous ad, but yet still be able to incorporate the brand's presence. So that's, that's one of our current challenges to be candid. I mean, that's what I hear pretty much from our top ad card users that are spending you know, 50, 100K a day, they mm -hmm. pretty much all just say the same thing. Hey, like we're doing really well, but can you please just find somebody to like take the burden off of creative and have like a creative mindset so I don't have to do this like every week. And like, yeah. they don't care about any other skill set. That's like all they do. So the, the um, we get that quite a bit. Uh, so I, I definitely hear it. Okay, I wanna hear about what's not working, Mike. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna know something that you, legitimately were like actually incredibly excited about you thought with all your years of experience you, you just thought this is this is the best thing that i thought I, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna crush it for my client and it totally bombed what's your poor ad mike um yeah yeah i'm trying to 
I'm trying to think of what would be the best poor ad. I mean, obviously we fail every day. I mean, that's the whole point of marketing is to fail fast, but to win, uh, win big. Right. So, um, we have, we have constant failures. Uh, I'd have to say if I, if I was to pick one big, big failure, it would be, um, Hmm. It would probably have to be looking at thinking that we are creating clever ads and making ads that really, uh, hit home on the left brain, but then just fall flat on their face because there is actually no passion behind the advertisement. You know, that's to me, that's mm. every time we, we do that, we, we see the kiss of death. There must be an emotional component to the ad. If you want to continue and maintain that scale. I mean, if you look at the greats and I, when I point to the greats, I'm talking about people who sell the, the shit that's impossible to sell like insurance. Mm -hmm. How in the hell did Geico and progress? turn insurance into something fun to watch ads for. We look forward to seeing insurance ads now. It's hard to believe that we're actually saying that, but we look forward to seeing insurance ads. That is the, that is the, uh, the drive mm -hmm. that we have to have as advertisers mm -hmm. so that we can do the same thing in areas where we're actually have something that's fun to advertise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think like to maybe rephrase it a little bit is the, is just like trying to be cute, uh, but there's no passion or no emotional connection behind it, right? Like kind of yes. like maybe uh, sar uh, being sarcastic or uh, cute or funny, but there's no like, oh, like, oh gosh, that really like you're putting a fork in my side. Like, um, like that's the difference. Is that like kind of what you're trying to describe here of where it's like clever, but it's not yeah, it's, the- Yeah, it's when you, th when you think that your ad is clever, and you've got a bunch of people who are all patting their own back and you're like, yeah, that's, that's going to work really, really well. But then in reality, the truth is that the ad doesn't leave an emotional imprint on the consumer in a way that actually resonates. I mean, you can, I'm not going to say, I, I think that was you, Zach. I'm not going to say that you can't use cringy ads because you can totally take cringe to a whole new level, but cringe can actually bring affinity if the cringe is done cringy enough, but you can't do half cringe and half true. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, even from the insurance example, you got the gecko 15% or even there's some new emu one with some yellow background. I don't even know what the brand is, but I know they're a jingle because it's kind of a funny insurance commercial with a, an emu running around on the streets or something. So rather than turning yeah, something super unattractive, yeah, that's what it was. They kind of made it fun. So I, I definitely kind of get where you're coming from there. Yeah, they, they took the cringe to a whole new level. My mom watched, I mean, literally the commercial came on yesterday. I never see commercials, but like she, one of them came on and she's like, oh my gosh, I love that one where the emu has a girlfriend. And I'm like, wow, these guys, I didn't know, I didn't think they were going to be able to pull this whole emu thing off when I first came out. I'm like, that is just stupid, yep. but it's working. It's the cringe. <laughs> it's working. Oh yeah. That's awesome, man. Okay. So we're moving, man. We're cranking. Thank you so much for being here, Mike. This is, um, this is show is all about blending, you know, finance and advertising. And you're working with some pretty big budgets now and have throughout your entire uh, life of, of your ad agency. But how do you work with clients? Like, I'm sure you've had clients where they've been pretty bad at this, right? And, and they kind of tell you to spend and next thing you know, <laughs> they're out of money or they're out of cash. And uh, I'd, I'd imagine you potentially have some good systems in place of, um, helping clients at least forecast or, or manage this, or at least win over budgets. You know, what are, what are some principles of how you've helped your clients um, scale up and manage the the cash and finances? 
That is a, a really great question. I have um, been left holding the bag on hundreds of thousands of dollars in the past because I was uh, in, I was inexperienced, trusting, and, and and foolish to be completely candid. And um, here's the here's the thing: don't assume that everybody's going to get paid just because they've been getting paid every single week for a long period of time. Doesn't mean that that train is going to stop. So now we we had to put in place rules over a decade ago that say once you've exceeded this, then you're going to have to pay us um, every single X period of time or the ads stop. So we, we uh, make it very clear. We're not your finance company. We are not even remotely close to being, uh, someone interested in financing you. So what you have to do is you have to get your shit together. So we teach people on how to establish their corporate credit, how to uh, start setting up credit lines, how to use their Dun & Bradstreet listings, how to um, leverage credit cards. I mean, credit cards are a great way for you to be able to take a 30-day float and be able to, uh, you know, hopefully you've got a, done your diligence to make sure that you're actually receiving your return before your 30-day window expires. But you can do an awful lot with a credit card window, especially if you can get paid by your merchant vendor in, in a timely fashion. And you can put a lot of money behind it. I mean, there's times when we've been making payments to our uh, American Express card every day just because we're like, okay, they're going to freak out. And then that, that's how they ended up inviting us to have the, the the Centurion card and all that other stuff because you're like, they're like, oh my God, this is just so much volume. Um, but we have to make sure that our clients were paying us so that we could pay them. Now we don't actually float anything. We make all clients have direct relationships. We make sure that they have uh, really solid credit lines with their publishers and Facebook. Facebook will extend really nice credit if you if the uh, advertiser has a good um, you know a good track record. Now, with that track record, do you, you may not have any insights on this. It's, I feel like it's black box with Facebook. But is it based off hey, no payments have been you know any errors there, or is it more of hey, they've spent over hundred k with good payments, or is it five hundred k with good payments to kind of get on that invoicing cycle essentially? If that makes sense. I, I'm sorry, I lost you for just a second. Could you repeat that? How do they get on the invoicing cycle? Is that what you asked? Yeah, yeah. So like in Facebook size, when it comes to kind of getting your accounts on these, you know, different kind of, you know, credit lines, like for Facebook, for example. Now, do you notice it just based off, hey, all of our payments have been on time in a courteous manner? Or is it, hey, they spent, you know, 500k with all payments on time? Or is it just based off, you know, making sure all the payments get kind of locked and loaded there? Well, I, I can't. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm not a, I'm not on their uh, their uh, credit team or the credit worthiness team. But I mean, they use all of the same factors that everyone else does. I mean, they're going to look at the debt and Bradstreet. They're going to look at your amount of creditors. They're going to look at your amount right. of debt. Look at your cash flow. You know, they're going to look at everything. Um, they will extend small amounts of credit, I'm sure, to many people who have at least the uh, fundamental minimum requirements. I, I think payment. I think payment timelines are important and we, uh, you know, our clients have always made payments on time, done a great job. Um, we've never come close to, I mean, if you're going to look for financing from your publisher, you better make damn sure you're not coming close to, you know, anything close to 80% of your allocated, uh, your allocated um, credit limit, right? You, you got to treat like a credit card, float that sucker in the 10 to 30% range, keep asking for credit increases. And then, you know, if, if, if you uh, start getting into that, you can justify the request for increased credit when you start to hit the 50, 60, 70% credit range because they start you know, so they start wondering and then you have to justify and explain why is it that you're asking for this additional line increase and you have to show, here's what's happening. We got this coming down the pipeline. Here's the revenue that we've got for it. We've got cash in the bank. We just, you know, it takes X days for that, uh, for this to mature. I mean, you have to run it like an actual real business and you have to make sure that you're presenting your case properly and when you do you get what you want provided you're actually you know telling the truth 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That was the best Spend answer. Oh, Mike, I love it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals, such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down, business managers getting shut down, or even de-platform from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out Funnel Dash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards. So you can have a dedicated card for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US so you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out AdCard at FunnelDash.com. You know, I uh, the head of credit for Facebook is actually here in Austin and um, we, we have pretty regular chats. One of the interesting things is there's actually like only 6,000 accounts like in in i think north america that are on invoicing um from from what i remember but like that's a very small amount right there's like six million plus like facebook advertisers um but those six thousand accounts like represent half of their like i think half of their annual budget uh or like it's crazy and you know most folks like the qualifier used to be i would say like pre-covid was like spend 10k a month consistently for three months but now you know they're it's like invite only and and they're kind of hunting down crunch base and you know they're like if you've raised money vc money and you announced on crunch base like they'll hit you up um but it's very much uh about brand you know on invoicing terms at the start and the prospecting Mm -hmm. just i would say just as much it is about payments, right? Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, literally, they're not in the business of financing a bunch of amateurs, they're in the business of working with professionals, you know, so if you're, you're, if someone deemed you worthy enough to give you VC funding, then clearly they have an understanding of your vision, and they have invested in you, which makes you a lot less likely to be uh, walking away from a debt with Facebook, where if you're, you know, Mr. Arbitrage, yeah, that, that's not gonna that's not gonna float so well in that case. <laughs> a long way. Mr. Arbitrage, uh, ClickBank, uh, Platinum Member uh, dot com. Okay, love it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Mike, tell everybody uh, how we can support you and uh, how can folks get in touch. Well, you can support me by um, making your ads actually good. Don't make claims because the more you make claims, the more you undermine consumer confidence. So don't be a tool. Um, That's the best way you could support all of us is to help us bring consumer confidence back by making your ads realistic. And don't, you know, don't piss in the water that we all have to swim in. So don't piss off Facebook. Just be cool. Uh, Don't piss off Google. Just be cool. Run a solid business. Hook up with people like Zach and, you know, uh, and, and, and folks who can help you to be able to make good choices. Um, and then we all win, you know, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So when we have to compete against a bunch of people who, uh, you know, make claims or piss and moan, it it just makes everybody's job more difficult. So, you know, just, just do, do good, 
be a good advertiser, understand psychology, and start to actually, you know, treat the customers with respect and have a lot of fun with them. Um, so that's that's that would be my ask. Is you know, my ask isn't for me. My ask is for the the well being of all the public who give us money. Without that, we are all dead. So um, that's yeah, my ask. No, that's um, that's well said. Thanks, brother. Um, and then uh, if you want to reach out to me, I would say the best way is probably. I, in 22 years, Zach, you know me, man. We've known each other for a very long time. I don't advertise. <laughs> I don't take on clients unless it's a special exception. Um, I do have uh, ConsciousMarketingAcademy.com is still up. So uh, if someone wanted to go there, um, they could reach me or my staff through that. That is the only uh, presence that I have online. And it's not really for agency. It's really just for, you know, a bunch of stuff that I wanted to share as I was going through a growth period. Um, I haven't updated anything there in a long time. But if you did want to reach me, That'd be the best way to find me. Oh my gosh, I love it! Or through the uh, the group, through the Facebook group. We used to be Internet Marketing Super Friends, and now it's Conscious Marketing Academy on, on Facebook. So either of those two ways, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Oh, actually, I have one other question. What do you think? Like, um, I mean, this this would also be incredibly relevant for the agencies listening. But like, who is like your ideal clients? Like the fo your partners that you've been working with like the longest. You guys have done the best work for. Like, who is that? Like, if you said, if you are spending 50K a day, like, talk to Mike. Uh, well, the, the client that I have now, I made an, ex they saw me speak at Traffic and Conversion Summit like a decade ago. And uh, when they came to me, they only were spending $2,000 a month. That was what they asked for, you know? Like, can you help us? We don't have a lot of money. I believed in them, I saw their vision, and I doubled down on them, and it worked out really, really in our favor. Now we're not at that point anymore. So I wanna say everybody starts out small. So just because you don't have a huge budget doesn't mean you're not gonna get there. Everybody starts small. But right now for us, I don't need somebody that's spending 50,000 a day. I have clients that you know are spending, um, I don't know, probably 50,000 a month. Oh, I, let me rephrase. I have one client that's spending around 50 grand a month. Um, I still love that guy, you know? I mean, for me, it's not about the amount of money that's being spent as much as it is about the relationship and what is uh, expected from me. If I'm expected to be the one who is paddling the boat and then you decide to throw on a cruise ship and now I got to paddle my little boat and I got to tug a cruise ship, this is going to be a bad relationship and I have no interest in being in it. But if I got somebody who's like, hey, you know what? This is really great. We have it. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to throw you X money um, plus, you know, your your fees um, as a as an agency. And you let us you help us teach our creative team what needs to happen. I like forging long term relationships. Both of the clients that I have that are currently with me have been with me for over nine years. So that's interesting to me, you know, not like charity cases and not you save my business or you know that's, that i have zero interest in saving anyone <laughs> i have zero interest in saving anyone that's awesome i love it i mean well that's a guy that's a guy that's been in the agency game a long time and i have mad respect for knowing exactly who your ideal client is and you're going to protect yourself as well as protect them uh and uh I, yeah I, I admire so well very cool thank you so much mike we'll definitely have you back on soon I appreciate you. Thank you very much, Zach. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, 
Take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.